This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 630. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 630. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Oh, as always, I'm so happy to be here with you today. And I have to warn you, my husband's out of town for a few days for a work trip. And I have the house to myself to record. And I tend to get really loud and really excited when I have the house to myself because it's such a stinking treat after two years of often recording and feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm yelling and he's trying to work right next to me, sometimes on a call. So just be warned, like no holds bar today. I could yell, I could laugh, I could cry. There could be some hysteria because I don't need to edit and keep myself quiet or small. There's no shrinking in today's episode, uh, which is appropriate because we're going to be talking about how to practice speaking up today. And I'm talking about this because I had the really awesome opportunity last week 
to participate in the Happy Mom Summit with my friends Joanne and Bree over at No Guilt Mom. And I actually went into that conversation speaking with them about, so as part of the summit, they had speakers every day. And my topic for my little segment was on how to stop asking for permission, which, you know, I love that topic. It's so much fun. But after my talk, I had the opportunity to do a Facebook Live, which was kind of like follow-up questions and conversation with the summit participants in order to kind of talk through some things in my talk that maybe people had questions on. And what came up was a lot of conversation around practicing how to speak up and how to use your voice and where to even get started. And I thought, oh my gosh, like we need to do a whole episode on this because what I found is as I was giving ideas and as we were talking this through, there were so many light bulb moments in the mamas who were participating in that conversation. So Huge shout out if you are a Happy Mom Summit listener, because I know many of you are coming over from that summit to start listening to the show. So shout out to all my Happy Mom Summit new followers and friends. I'm so happy that you're here. And just thank you for all of your participation in that conversation. It was a really, really great conversation. And it's such a great reminder that going into a new place and having a conversation that for me was not a new conversation. It's a conversation I've been having for a long time. But having a conversation that you're used to having in a new environment oh my goodness, can be so eye-opening and it can actually be really enlightening. And it just made me realize that there's so many ways that we can continue to connect and support one another by showing up in new spaces and sharing our gifts. Because I felt like, you know, when I share my gifts here, when I share my strengths, sometimes I'm like, did I already tell them everything they need to know? And then I go into a new place and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many other women and moms who need these messages. And so I want to encourage all of you to go into new spaces and share your gifts and leverage your strengths and share your talents because the whole world benefits. And I definitely felt that when I got to participate in this conversation. So with all that said, we're going to talk today about how to practice speaking up because what happens over time in motherhood and in womanhood, as I've talked about over the years, is we get really conditioned to not speaking up and ignoring our needs in the process of not speaking up. And so a lot of this starts with cultural conditioning, where we're taught to not be too much or not be too little or not take up too much space or not be bossy and not get in the way. And we're really taught to self-edit from a very young age, from the way that we dress to the way that we do our hair to the way that we allow our bodies to take shape, all sorts of different ways, to the way that we talk, to the lingo that we use, to the volume that we use, to the pitch that we use, like all of these things. So when we are taught to self-edit in these ways, by the time we get to be 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, we have spent a lifetime editing ourselves in all sorts of different ways. And it can be really uncomfortable to then try to speak up take up space, use your voice in new and different ways because you haven't had the practice and you haven't had the permission because there's not a lot of places in our culture that are like, we'd really like some more women to step up and speak up and take up space. That's just not happening. There's a few places where it's happening, but they're the exception, definitely not the norm. And so I want to help you recognize that if you feel like it's hard to speak up, it's because that's the world has taught you to edit yourself. The world has taught you to stay quiet. And then when we look on top of this, on top of the world telling us to self-edit throughout our lives, motherhood helps us, teaches us to really stifle our own needs. And so my favorite example of this is that after you have a newborn, 
all of a sudden you, because you're keeping this baby alive, which you absolutely should be prioritizing because you're keeping this baby alive, you learn really quickly how to ignore when you're tired, ignore when you're hungry, ignore when your body is just filthy and you haven't had a shower in four days, ignore when you have to pee, ignore all of the things that your body innately needs and deserves because you have to keep a baby alive. And after a few months of ignoring when you're hungry and when you're tired and when you have to pee, you don't notice your body's signals anymore. And so I know you all can relate to the fact or a situation where you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I had to pee like three hours ago and I never went and I forgot. And now it's three hours later and I still haven't gone. Or you can relate to not sleeping for weeks, if not months on end, because you have a baby up. And after a while, you're like, I'm not even tired anymore. Like I'm so conditioned to the state of exhaustion that it doesn't even feel different. It's just normal now. And it doesn't feel like fatigue. It just feels like this is who I am, (laughs) a zombie, right? This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So part of our inability to speak up can come from the self-editing that comes of from cultural influences and the way society helps form women from a very young age. And then part of it comes from having to ignore our intuition and our own needs as we have children. So by the time our kids are a little older, we haven't been speaking up and we've been stifling our own needs to the point that not only can we not recognize our needs, but we don't even recognize our preferences. (laughs) So The examples I love to use around this are things like going out to dinner with friends and maybe you're going to do a shared meal where you're ordering a bunch of different like shared appetizers or meals, uh, plates, and people are like, well, what do you want? And you're like, I don't care. You look at a menu, you're like, I don't even know what I like on here. Anything is fine. Or maybe a girlfriend asks you to go to dinner or watch a movie or go to a movie and they're like, oh, do you want to do, you know, option A or option B? And you're like, oh, whatever is fine. Like you never consider that it's okay to have an opinion or a preference because you haven't had the opportunity to express that in so long, or you've chosen not to consciously or subconsciously because other people in your life or household or work environment have taken up all the space in making those decisions for you for so long. So oftentimes, I know this happens in our household where you like, I think about, well, what am I going to make for dinner? And I'm like, well, if it was just me, I'd honestly, I'd open a can of soup and call it good. <laughs> but like, how can I make a 10 second dinner? But if it's going to be for everyone else in the household, I'm like, well, my husband really likes this and Vinny really likes this. And it's like this constant game of like, what is going to please everyone else? And I'll just be fine with whatever they want. Even if I just really, mama just really wants to open a can of soup and call it good, right? So then I'm like, let's make a, make your own taco bar. And all of a sudden the kitchen is a disaster area. And I'm still like, why didn't we just open cans of soup? <laughs> and so this happens over and over again. You order pizza with your family and you're like, okay, well, my husband wants like the extra meat lovers. And my kid, my kid wants no cheese plus chicken, which is the driest pizza you've ever eaten in your life, by the way. And you're like, okay, so we'll do half of each of those. And I guess I will have either some dry cardboard, cheese-free pizza that's left over, or maybe I'll have the meat lovers, even though I would never order meat lovers on my own. So this is where we get stuck all the time, where over time we've deferred to other people's preferences so frequently that we don't even know what our own preferences are. You go to pick out ice cream at the grocery store and you stand in front of the freezer section and you're like, I don't know, like they all sound good or none of them sound good or I don't really care. I don't even know because you just haven't practiced having a preference in however many years you have been parenting, right? So how do we start practicing speaking up? One of the women who was participating in the summit was talking about how she's gotten in this rhythm 
with their partner of whenever they have conflicting opinions about things, instead of having a conversation, she'll kind of step back from the interaction and then take some time to write things down and then give her partner a note to kind of express her opinion and kind of where she's at, which is actually can be a great way to communicate. But what she said and what I sensed when we were as we were going back and forth is like, this is something that worked for a while. And I'd love to actually start using my voice more instead of writing notes because she feels like she wants to have a little bit more maybe power in the conversation or just take up a little more space in the conversation. And so she's recognizing that what was once a coping skill or a technique or a tactic that was supportive and helpful for communication in that relationship doesn't feel like the right way anymore. But this is like the pattern that they formed. And I'm sure you can all relate to the communication patterns that we form in relationships, whether it's in our marriages, with our children, in the workplace, where then it becomes this kind of routine back and forth. And it can be really weird to break those patterns. So you can recognize like, this is a weird pattern. This isn't really working for me anymore. But how do I change the pattern? Like that feels awkward or uncomfortable. So here's what we're going to do. Three ways that you can practice speaking up. We're going to talk through each of these. I'm going to give some examples. And then I want you to think how you can do this in ways that are small. Because I think sometimes when we talk about speaking up, people think that it has to be this really big grandstanding incident or situation. And that can be so overwhelmingly scary or intimidating that you're like, yeah, never mind. I don't need to speak up as it turns out because that just feels so scary. So it doesn't need to be about having a huge microphone and screaming an opinion across a conference room, you know, through your house or into your, you know, the dinner table with your in-laws. It can be really little things where we practice speaking up in small ways with low exposure, which I'll explain in a minute, that then creates the confidence for us to go into higher exposure situations and use our voice in more powerful ways. So let's talk about what low exposure means. Low exposure means that the stakes are pretty low. It's not a high-risk situation. So the first step, the first simple way that you can speak up in a low-exposure way is to state a preference. So a low-exposure way of speaking up is to the next time your family goes to order pizza to say, hey, I'd actually really love like the chicken and basil or the barbecue chicken or whatever the thing is, and having a preference that's different than everyone else's. So that's not, you don't risk, I'm hoping you're not like risking a relationship. You're not risking your job. The stakes are low. You're just stating a preference because sometimes we are so deconditioned to speaking up and taking up space, we don't state our preferences anymore. Another low exposure way could be like you're making a plan with a friend or maybe a plan for date night and you say to your friend or your partner, I'd really love to try out this restaurant where you just go into a conversation with a preference or stating a desire that is just an opportunity for you to say like, this is what I'd like in this moment, because that sometimes is where we have just stopped shining, where we've stopped taking up space in these really simple, small ways. And with those low exposure practices, we are practicing just letting people know what we like. That's typically pretty safe. And I want you to start practicing speaking up in ways that are safe, in safe environments and safe relationships, because that will give you the confidence and the courage to then do it in other situations where the stakes might be higher or the safety or psychological trust might be a little bit lower. And I want to also say, if you are a person from a marginalized community, I always want you to be really careful and conscientious around how you speak up. 
and whether or not an environment is safe for you. So as a cisgender, heterosexual, middle-class white woman, a lot of places are safe for me to speak up that are not safe for other people to speak up in. And so I practice using that voice often because I know it's safe for me. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. I want to be really clear that if you are in a marginalized part of a member of a marginalized community where it's not safe, I want you to feel very free and comfortable staying in these low exposure practices for as long as you need to before you up the ante. And maybe you never decide to speak up in places where there's not safety and trust. And that's absolutely okay. And I really learned this lesson from my friend Ray McDaniel, who's been on the show and who talked about coming out as trans and as non-binary. And Ray is a therapist, a relationship therapist, an LGBTQ plus therapist who really specializes in supporting people through transitioning and supports a lot of members of the trans community. And one of the things that they said in our conversation was that safety, that trust and psychological safety and physical safety in many cases when it comes to trans people always has to be the most paramount thing. So 
it is safe for me to speak up in places that it's not safe for black people to speak up or for trans people to speak up or for gay people to speak up. And so being really conscientious of that is a really important piece of all of this. So I always feel like I need to give that caveat when we're talking about speaking up and when we're talking about low exposure versus high exposure and when we're talking about what a safe environment is, because that does look different from one person to the next. So that's the first way to practice speaking up is to state a preference. The second way to practice speaking up is to state a need. And this was actually kind of the cornerstone of what I talked about in this summit last week was instead of asking for permission for something to say, hey, I really need this and here's how I'm going to make it happen. So maybe what you say to a partner is, hey, I really need a little time alone this week. So I'm going to go ahead and, you know, take Thursday afternoon or I'm thinking I might take Tuesday evening to go take myself to dinner, to go to a movie by myself, to go sit in a coffee shop and do some extra work. So how can you state a need in a relationship without asking for permission, without saying, hey, is this okay? And what do you think? Now, you might have to like make sure that, you know, someone's on board to provide, you know, care for your children or to make sure that like dinner gets served or things like that. But this isn't about like, hey, is it okay with you? It's saying, hey, I really need this thing. And here's how I think we can make it work. Or here's what I've done. And so I know I was talking with a friend about this who wanted to travel. And she was like, yeah, I was like, so I really need to do this trip. I'm going to be gone for five days. Here's what I have figured out in terms of like, what school pickup and drop off can look like and how we can take care of meals while I'm gone so that it's not extra burdensome. And, you know, and you can do the laundry and you can here's like, if you want to do grocery orders, like, you know how to do that, like really kind of just dividing up and figuring out like, where responsibilities could be redistributed in a way that allowed for this. And so it wasn't like, hey, is it okay with you if I do this as much as it was like, hey, I really need to do this for myself. And here's how it could work for the family and for her partner to be like, yeah, sure, cool. And typically, that's the response that we get. Oftentimes, when we go to state needs, we think that we're going to be met with all this resistance, because we haven't practiced doing it in so long, maybe ever. And typically, the people on the other end are like, okay, (laughs) It's really not a big deal because if you think about it, if the person on the other end is a male, they typically state their needs all the time. And you know what you say? Okay. So that's what they're used to. So if my partner is like, yeah, I'm going to go play basketball on Wednesday night. I'm like, okay. If my partner says, I'm going to go meet up with so-and-so to do whatever. Okay. So they think that that's like the normal interaction. We get all weird about it in our head about like, but what if they say no? Or what if they think I don't need this? Or what if they have all these weird judgments? I'm thinking of a moment a few months ago on like a Sunday afternoon, my husband came upstairs and I was, we have a TV in our bedroom that never gets used. And when we, my husband bought it a few years ago, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like we are not lay in bed and watch TV people, but whatever. (laughs) I was like, sure, put it in there. Like it wasn't worth the argument. I was like, okay, fine. Put the TV in there. And it never, ever gets used. So he comes up on a Sunday afternoon and I'm laying in bed watching Real Housewives. And he was like, whoa. (laughs) He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm laying in bed and watching TV. And I, there was this moment where I was like, he's going to think I'm being lazy. And then I was like, why would he think that? I wouldn't think that if he was watching TV on a Sunday afternoon. In fact, if I caught him watching TV on a Sunday afternoon, I'd be like, thank God. Like, can we have this be like, can someone set this precedence that this is what we do on Sunday afternoons? (laughs) So it had been a really hectic week. I was super tired. Vinny was occupied doing something. And I was like, I'm going to go lay in bed and watch some Real Housewives. And you know what he said to me when he caught me? Because I was laughing. He's like, what are you doing? And I started laughing. I'm like, I'm just catching up on my shows. He's like, you never do that. You should do that more often. I was like, 
Hell yes. Mama should lay in bed and watch some Real Housewives way more often. So sometimes when we just go do something without asking for permission, our partners or other people in our life are like, yeah, that's how it should be done. (laughs) Why don't you do that more often? And I find this a lot. Like we get weird if you're a type A perfectionist, high achiever, high performer kind of person. You sometimes think that you're going to get judgment if you state a need because the reality is internally you judge yourself for having needs. So you project that self-judgment into your relationships and you assume other people are going to pass that judgment on you and they don't care. Like they don't care that you're laying in bed watching TV. They don't care that you need a night out. They don't care that you need a girl's trip. They're like, yeah, cool, go do that thing. So be really careful around the your internal self-judgment and dialogue around your own needs where you might be making assumptions of what other people will think when you express a need that is not actually going to happen. You are making up an entire story about other people's judgment that does not exist. So that's the second way to practice speaking up is to state a need. So stating a need can be a little bit higher exposure because instead of saying like, I prefer pepperoni pizza over you know, chicken pizza with no cheese, instead of saying a preference, you're saying, this is what I really need. And that's a higher level of vulnerability. And so that is a higher exposure ask or a higher exposure way of speaking up. So that's second. That's the second way to practice speaking up. Your third simple way to practice speaking up is to state a neutral but opposing opinion. So this is a higher stakes exposure. This is higher exposure, right? The stakes are higher. The risk might be higher depending on the topic. (laughs) A lot of things, a lot of stakes could be higher in this, right? So if you're going going to express an opposing opinion on something political, on something related to COVID, which is apparently very political, on something related to religion, also can be very political, anything like that, the stakes can be really high. And so that might be a higher exposure way to speak up. And going back to that safety, I want you to also think about where can you practice starting practicing opposing opinions in safe environments, in safe relationships. So it might be when your partner says something and you're like, hey, actually, I don't agree. And maybe for the sake of a whole lot of things, you typically go along with things. I mean, I could use the TV example. What if I instead was like, actually, I really don't agree with us having a TV in the bedroom. I'm going to like dig my heels in a bit on this and here's why. Like that would be a lower risk conversation given the nature of my marriage than perhaps trying to talk to my dad about politics, which actually completely ended our relationship. (laughs) So you can see like the stakes are lower to talk about a TV in the bedroom than to talk about politics with a family member who will literally cancel you if you are not willing to bend. So where does it make sense for you to practice having an opposing opinion, maybe in a safer environment first, before you go into those higher stakes environments? So when you initially start out, you're just practicing having a neutral opinion. And I've practiced this recently in my marriage where I'm saying like, hey, just from a new, not like a defensive, I don't agree with you, but a really neutral, like, oh, that's just not how I see it. And just really neutral that it's not, I'm not, doesn't need to be a big argument, but I just see it differently kind of a thing. Or another great statement can be, that's not been my experience. And this is a lot of things in marriage can happen this way, because if you are married to a male, as I am, we move through the world really differently. And so we can see things really differently because we are treated differently in the world. We have had very different life experiences moving through the world as a male versus a female. And so there are things where I can say like, 
yeah, I hear what you're saying. That's not been my experience or I don't agree with that or I don't see it the same way. Like I can hear you and I can have this neutral opinion. And we have a relationship where we can do that. A higher stakes conversation, which I also have had the opportunity to walk through recently, is to be in a community organization, a community environment where you speak up in a public way to share an opposing opinion and to do that in a neutral way. And I've had the opportunity to do that recently And I've had to be really careful in order to be conscientious of what I want the outcome to be. I've had to be really careful to be thoughtful and intentional and neutral in how I kind of put my stake in the ground in a way that allows for dialogue and allows for people to stay in the conversation versus creating space where people might get defensive or just immediately shut down or immediately walk away or immediately kick me out of the conversation. And so when you're looking at practicing speaking up, really looking at how you can do that in a neutral way, if you have an opposing opinion, so that you can stand on this really neutral ground that isn't in a really creating a space where things get immediately really heightened. Because of course, we also have like the next level where you can go into that heightened place where you can be defensive, where you can, you know, have a lot of emotion in it. A lot of times in those situations, we don't end up getting what we want if the other person reacts and matches our emotion. So sometimes we have to be careful. And sometimes this is unfortunate because it does require editing that is not often necessary or that is sadly necessary, I guess I should say, especially if you're in the position of, so maybe you're in the position of being a person of color having to defend yourself to a white person, or maybe you are a woman having to defend yourself to a group of men. So like, you feel like you're really justified in getting fired up because you have been wronged in a certain way, or they're not seeing a shortcoming in a certain way, or they're not seeing maybe some a way that a system is stacked against you in a certain way. And it's you are have every right to have a lot of emotion behind that to have a lot of feeling behind that. And so We have to look at like, what do I want the outcome to be if I want to stay in the conversation and I want the other person to stay in the conversation? And sadly, sometimes that does mean that we have to do some self-editing and stay in that more neutral place. And that's part of the territory, unfortunately, of being in a marginalized community. And you can imagine if I, as a white woman, am sitting in a room with eight white men and I get highly emotional about something you can imagine traditionally what a group of eight white men might do. There might be a lot of stereotypical comments that are made about she's losing her mind, she's out of control, she can't keep it together. There's just all sorts of things that have been said about women showing up in high, with high emotion where my credibility, unfortunately, could be lost. So looking at practicing speaking up in A neutral state when you are in that position of having an opposing opinion can be helpful in getting what you want. Even though sometimes I would really like to say you are completely warranted in having a lot of emotion and a lot of sensation and expressing that because I'm a highly emotional person. Not that I like to express it, but I'm naturally expressive in that way. So I hope this was super helpful. What I wanted to do was take you through three ways that you can practice speaking up, where you can practice starting in low exposure ways, move to higher exposure ways in order to take up space, in order to have a voice, in order to have your voice validated when someone on the other end is like, yeah, cool, that's great. 
let's get the pepperoni pizza or let's get the whatever pizza you wanted or let's go to the movie you want to see or let's not get the TV in the bedroom, whatever the thing is. Or yes, of course, you should have your girls waken. So when we practice those things and we get what we want out of the situation, then all of a sudden it's validating and we have this courage and confidence to then raise the stakes as we move into higher exposure conversations where the stakes can be higher and maybe safety or trust can be a little more precarious. So moving through these three stages and practicing over and over and over, because I will tell you, it's still not super comfortable for me to speak up. In fact, I was talking with someone this morning about how it can be really hard and really scary. And also, like once you start practicing, you can't stop. Like <laughs> You can't stop yourself. You're like, oh, I can't help but say something right now because it becomes a part of who you are. It becomes a part of your identity where you're like, oh, mama has a need and she's going to make it known. Mama has an opinion. Mama sees how like something needs to be said here. Someone needs to be looked out for. I need to be an advocate or I need to speak up or something needs to be said. This isn't right. And it can start in those really low exposure little ways of stating a preference, having a need, maybe even a small need, and then that creating the space and the foundation to poise us for bigger conversations and for bigger opportunities to speak up and then to have impact in terms of how we use our voice across the world. If this episode was helpful, please take a screenshot, share it out, tag me at Shameless Mom Academy on Instagram. I would love to hear your feedback. Thank you for being here. And I will be back on Wednesday with a fantastic interview. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was 
steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.